0: Episode of Into the Stratosphere, episode 9, a simple rematch. (laughs) I'm your girl Cindy G here, and today's episode, this is going to be a pretty um, special episode because I decided to bring someone along with me just to talk about wrestling, especially this one supposedly pay-per-view, but it was only exclusively on Impact Plus. So, to hear with me, to help me out what's going on, especially with other topics, we're going to be covering like the news, also quick recap for New Japan Pro Wrestling Strong, Victory Road, and also the recap of Impact Wrestling. But before all that, let me go ahead and introduce to you guys. He is from NoDQ.com. He is a simple man and a lifelong fan of what? Wrestling! Ladies and gentlemen... All the way from Toledo, Ohio, say hello to the simple man, Noah Foster. Hey, Noah, how's it going? Welcome to the Stratosphere.
1: Uh, thank you. Good evening to you out in uh, California. And I'm doing very well. It's a pleasure to talk to you again. I believe we haven't had a discussion since uh, Slammiversary where you won by the uh, main event. So I look forward to discussing uh, wrestling with you on all fronts and forums and news, and hopefully it reaches out and connects to other people too.
0: Absolutely, Noah. I mean, you and I, we've been working together, like, whether it's from NoDQ.com and then the now defuncted Aftermatch Wrestling talking about, like, at the time with WWE and NXT. And plus, we mostly talk about it's independent wrestling, but mostly New Japan Pro Wrestling, But now that we're venturing into like different like aspects of wrestling and what's everything is going on, you know, this year, I know a lot has been changed going on. So, yeah. So before we go into all this, so Noah, where can our Bullet Cast Nation can follow you?
1: uh apparently i'm more so known for my wrestling passion on twitter at and foster 1916 but i'll give you a nice hello and a song for your day on instagram as well and in 1916 and i've started this venture now coming up on my second year anniversary as a youtuber at a simple youtube channel youtube.com forward slash c as i've learned forward slash no foster 210 where i just do all sorts of things on all things wrestling podcasts forums, and reviews on AW New Japan Pro Wrestling at the forefront. And I recently started Twitch, too, and foster 25. So, there you go.
0: That's so awesome, Noah. I know that you're getting a lot of, like, experiencing going on, especially, like, venturing into Twitch as well. Anyway, you guys, and you guys can find me on Twitter and Instagram and on my YouTube channel at simply underscore C underscore OK. That's S-I-M-P-L-Y underscore C underscore OK. And you can find The Bullet Cast on social media, on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, at The Bullet Cast. And also subscribe to this YouTube channel and whichever podcasting platform you're listening to, like Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, Anchor FM, and so on so forth, at The Bullet Cast, y'all. So with that being said, so let's go ahead and go with a quick Q&A so that way we can get to know you, Noah.
1: Okay. So
0: first things first. Um. How did it all started when you joined NoDQ.com and how long? You know,
1: it's funny. As an introvert and someone who is more so self-conscious of himself as a wrestling fan who felt like he was just alone in this world of pro wrestling fandom, I decided to finally venture out and really look into my passion more with live NXT shows. It started in Columbus connecting with three fellow boys right here from Ohio and it turned into a friendship and a podcast. And then just out of nowhere, starting a random conversation after basically inviting a friend with me to go to uh, Royal Oak Theater in uh, Michigan to see NXT live, I discovered a wonderful individual with a kind heart and spirituality in one of you, three ladies in ODQ, the fearless one, Caitlin Bella. I know that's not her last name, but I know it's her favorite. I just discussed with her how I was a, a fan of wrestling and just, you know, some other simple uh, kind values. Next thing you know, I developed to a friendship. I told her I like working with Excel and PowerPoint, not as much as But uh And next thing you know, I just basically shared my simple interests and talents with the team of Node.EQ. They appreciated my uh, bracketologies and statistical analysis and creative graphical designs. And next thing you know, I developed to a friendship. And I've been part of Team Node.EQ since, since 2017. And I forever will be.
0: That is very awesome and a very compelling story as well, especially like when you have like a different like aspect of life in general, you just gotta take a risk and just follow along too, especially like with like a different personality traits too. And Noah, like your graphics for like all the prediction leagues you've done since last year, and then leading up to this point, it was very outstanding i know you have a lot of the the no dq fan base as they call it the no dq galaxy following along with the prediction league as long as you also like keep track with like the rest of the team no dq since you know the art the staff from no is like over 15 like crazy we're here in the bullet cast is only just three myself along with the boss man philip and brandon t you know so it is kind of like you know, kind of like you know branching out any aspect noah for
1: that team. yeah i i've now come to see the team has grown to 19 people i've come to know all of them you all are really awesome people and i'm happy to have brought together this notice you guys in predictions league that proposed with tjs and aaron rift to bring in more people that want to maybe express themselves in some way and have some fun with wrestling because predicting wrestling is some of the best friend you can have when it comes to talking about and enjoying it so I'm happy to have connected at least, if only one time, with over 109 different people out supporting NoDQ Galaxy that have joined the league. And shout out to key players in the top 20, including my best friend from church, Paul Mead, uh, Mark Griff, Ashley Reynolds, the analyst, Michael Wayne, who I might add is still a leader, Con Andrew, TJS, my good friends in ATW, Meg Chiba, Lex, the list goes on and on.
0: That's incredible too. And now it's, like, how it changes a lot with the whole fans, this whole, like, you know, wrestling coming together as one. So, Noah, how does wrestling kind of affected you, like, back then until now, like, since we're now in a COVID era? And, like, I know at first WWE started with this whole empty arena show. And then with AEW, they do the same thing, but then bring in the roster. Like you know, their own roster, and like Impact Wrestling is fun. Pursue just only doing solid, empty arena show, and that was way before like you know WWE has the Thunderdome and AEW brought back the fans with like like you know in a stricter capacity. So, what are your thoughts on the world wrestling it is right now during this pandemic era we're living in?
1: It's definitely a different presentation and feel, and for a while, I feel like it really hurt us as fans because we felt disconnected that we weren't able to enjoy it live. But the way that all these companies, AEW, Ring of Honor, NWA, WWE, uh, the NJPW, finally especially, which was my, my number one passion for like a decade, the way that they have used the technology that we've been fortunate enough to have in this day and era to really connect with us as fans not to mention bring creative, entertaining experiences and different ways to provide wrestling, it's unleashed a new wave, I feel like, of creativity, but also a new wave of uh, support and outreach. And I felt like during this COVID era, it's really shown a different side to the wrestling community and why some of it might be a bit controversial, a bit outspoken, a bit ranty. I feel like it brought a lot of positivity too, because now that we literally have no choice but these virtual platforms, it's brought a lot of people together too. I have participated in the Thunder Dome. I thought it was pretty fun. I wouldn't do it again though, because joining it is not as easy as you think. And overall, when I look at who has hand, how they've handled the COVID era, I look at AEW and how Cody looks on to an empty arena, but feels like he's literally reaching out to us all from home, talking to us as fans treating the product the same way he would do if there was 15,000 people there. And then the organic live crowd vibe using the roster I thought was very clever. It always made me feel like I was there, really embracing and enjoying a live wrestling experience. And then I feel like it helps wrestling morale when they hear that crowd noise, non piped and they actually see the fans in some form. So I thought the Thunderdome was a very ingenious idea. Now NXT is doing a hybrid form of that where they're bringing in friends and family, and certain uh, fans through stricter uh, policies, it seems, uh, as well as the uh, virtual experience to really try and bring everybody together as one. So to answer your question, there may have been a lot of negative to think about during this time, but I also felt like it brought out a lot of positive in it too. And either way, it never stopped my love for professional wrestling. It just allowed me to look at it in a much different way and a wider scope too.
0: Definitely. I know that, like, you know, what everybody is, like, having, like, a clear view of, like, how wrestling it is now compared to, like, years ago since, like, they're now digging deep into, like, what is going on within the wrestling business, especially with the wrestling industry, too. Like, for me, like, I know that my eyes were starting to get wide open when I was having, like, my second thought about WWE since it happened back in April until now it's that I don't want to like channel in this negative energy like what I'm seeing what's going on so that's why I'm like shying away from WWE and just focus on like what is the good out there in wrestling like with AEW and New Japan Pro Wrestling which now like I'm starting to become a full-fledged fan of New Japan Pro Wrestling since they made the return back in End of April, uh, and not end of April, end of May Gosh. to begin
1: <laughs> End of May, they started That's the New it. Japan Cup, they welcomed <laughs> us back for an empty uh, venue, but you still have that same organic vibe That's that truly true. makes us love professional <laughs> wrestling and NJPW. I felt the most yeah. lost without NJPW oh. personally, but AEW definitely kept me going. And while WWE has had a ton of negative backlash to the way it has handled itself during this era, There's been some good pauses with it, too, and that's the only thing I've looked at. But when NJPW came back on the air, that was the happiest moment of the COVID era for me. And the way they've handled it, in my opinion, is tremendous. I'm not going to say one company has handled this better than others. Everyone has their own criteria, their own outlook. But the bottom line is this. As long as they are all taking serious precautionary measures in the name of safety and health, That's the number one thing I want to uh, expect from any professional wrestling company I watch, whether I see it or not. And so far, I think everybody has pretty much handled that very well, including independent wrestling shows that have been doing stuff as simple as driving cars, watch from in a car or from a football field.
0: That's right, or even out in the beach too, and it seems oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it seems We're that how yeah, and now like recently with AAA wrestling, they got their show back after taking a break. I know they did start with the empty arena sh- show, but then they took a big break for a couple months, and now they brought back. We're doing drive through show, which I know. Shout out to the Rudo's podcast. They're going to be definitely covering about their thoughts of AAA wrestling since they're known for watching luchas and also with AEW and New Japan Pro Wrestling. I just wanted to give a quick plug for that too. And like it seems that now like how everybody's getting like a different perspective like with wrestling and how this whole concept is together. I know you had your experience with the with the Thunderdome situation. And I know now mm-hmm. they're going into stricter rules because of this craziness that's been going on since a debut. But it's like, yeah, Noah, it's, like, come to terms. Like, you know, people are, like, trying to be very critical and just changing their thoughts and their opinions, like, for that, too. And especially the way that we're seeing how wrestling it is as of now and especially knowing the hitting truth, too, for that. Mm-hmm. Again, a
1: lot has come out of the wrestling community during this time. Some good, some bad, but at the end of the day, it's brought the community together in a different way, too, and there's a lot of positives that's come out of it. One of them is definitely being WrestleJoy, which is one of the happiest moments for me. I know one of the happiest moments for you has been joining the AEW Heels community because you are now among a community that is just like you as professional wrestling fans, too. And again, Mm -hmm. there's been a lot of good that's come out of this COVID era, and I look forward to what's next during it, too. Whether it's uh, some weird alternative technology change, that's up to WWE. I'm sure they'll do that first. Or whether New Japan for Wrestling decides to combine more stuff, like we'll talk about soon. But the bottom line is this, Fresno Wrestling, it's still very much alive and going.
0: Absolutely, Noah. And that's how it's bringing everybody much closer. And we're going to see how the future it is for the next couple months, especially, like, I know that, like, you know, we're still in a world way of chaos going on with 2020 and don't know what the future is going to be whole, but all I can say is that we're going to be definitely wait and see for that too. One day
1: at a time. And yeah,
0: that's right. So anyway, Noah, so another question to ask you is um, favorite wrestler of all time.
1: Ah, oh, jeez. Okay. I got to go all time. I've been a wrestling fan since 1992 and my mom uh, introduced me to the world of sports entertainment, professional wrestling, whatever you might've called it then, whatever you call it now. I gotta go all time, not short period. I gotta go with Mr. WrestleMania himself, Shawn Michaels. From Shawn Michaels' early beginnings to when he came back after suffering an incredibly dangerous, career threatening ending back injury, to finding Christ, to really renewing his spirit and love and passion in professional wrestling, to also the fact now he is helping groom the future through assisting Triple H in co producing NXT. It's got to be Shawn Michaels for me for the greatest of all time.
0: Absolutely. And I know you're going to get a lot of cool points for some of the people like out there in the BCN universe because, you know, we have some, especially a notable Bay Area personality, and especially here in the Bullet cast are fans of Shawn Michaels, of course. And he's a very talented guy too. Don't get wrong, especially like with a really impressive like resume in, the business, and whatnot. Oh, yeah. And Noah, uh, favorite um, match of all time.
1: Oh, <laughs> I knew that was going to happen. Okay. I look at NWA. I look at New Japan Pro Wrestling. I look at Impact. I look at AEW. I look at all five brands of WWE. I look at Ring of Honor. I look at random wrestling forums I've seen on YouTube, like Pro Wrestling Eve, MLW, Good Shimmer, Stardom but I gotta go with the one match. If I could see it live, I would want to see it. My favorite wrestling match of all time, and this was tough because I had like three of them, but I gotta go with Kenny Omega versus Katsushiko Okada at WrestleAkina because not only did that match break the metrics when it comes to what you would think in a standard professional wrestling match, it defined an era of a multitude of professional wrestlers, not to mention one of the greatest robberies in professional wrestling history. It's gotta be Kenny Omega versus Katsuchika Okada for me, Wrestle Kingdom 11.
0: Oh, yeah. That match was the one of the best match of the year, actually, especially how Kenny and Okada set this whole high caliber to the whole new level that we have not seen for quite a while and how these two gentlemen put in They're all, and I was very blown away with this match, too. Like, and that's when, like, that's where a lot of the people here in this western side of the country is like slowly getting into New Japan Pro Wrestling. And it's like not because of you know the Bullet Club is like kind of like making it notable around the globe, but also like the top quality matches, New Japan Pro Wrestling, especially how they actually going. Higher and higher. I know, like, years ago with the whole, like, Antonio Yoki and the whole enokiism which I highly suggest you guys check out the YouTube video. They have a lot of, like, videos about this whole enokiism situation and how New Japan is going rising at top. And that was, like, a perfect point where, like, just to bring in a lot of fans, too. Like, mm-hmm. all over. But, yeah. yeah about the
1: dark era, too, where the ace... If nobody else, the ace was also one of the greatest of all time. Hiroshi Mm Tanahashi kept leading New Japan Pro Wrestling on his back to really keep it alive and going. There was a period when people thought New Japan Pro Wrestling was dead in the water, as I've learned through history, because ever since being a fan of New Japan Pro Wrestling for about 10 years, I try and watch as much as I can during downtime, but I also try and learn as much from it as I can, too, including looking at like Chris Childson's Twitter, many articles, many classic archive matches, and even that timeline, which I'm still trying to fully uh, figure out. New Japan yeah. for Wrestling has been probably my number one forward passion now, at least for the last 10 years, if I have to uh, be honest with you. Because there was a period where I was kind of like, you know, disappointed, lost, and almost kind of uh, trying to figure out myself as a fan. If I'm not a fan of this, what am I? What can I enjoy in life? And New Japan for Wrestling renewed that for me in the early, uh,
0: 2010s. Definitely. And how it's like, change it all together within, especially bringing it, like, for me, it's like, I was just a casual watcher for new Japan until like, once new Japan pro wrestling has been back this year and like what my schedule has been like, kind of like working out smoothly, especially I'm going through a transition with my job. It's like well, now I can finally watch new Japan pro wrestling. Like in a perfect timing, and that's when I became like a full fledged fan now for this with New Japan, especially like your love and passion for it, too. There you or, go. Yeah. I mean, the G1
1: climax shows they literally hit just two and a half hours versus the previous uh, three and a half to four hours. So, again, good things out of COVID era. Professional wrestling now it's easier to follow through an entire show under some cases because they are taking precautionary measures,
0: exactly. Especially, like, how they keep the health and safety for, like, everybody across the line, too. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Anyway, Noah, and here's the last question because I know this is going to be a non-wrestling question because, you know, <laughs> me, my gimmick of, like, what is your favorite beverage? Because <laughs> <laughs> you know uh, me and my tea. Gritty.
1: I mean, I could can, I can grab it for you, but there's also uh, 12Ks literally by my bed. It's Mountain Dew Classic, simple as that. I've drunk Mountain Dew now, I don't know how long, after I moved on from Pepsi and Root Beers, which I still drink, but whether it's Mountain Dew Classic, whether it's any Mountain Dew that is non-diet, it's Mountain Dew that's my number one. But as trying to do better by my body, I've been drinking more of these uh, Propel waters right here in various flavors, but Mountain Dew will always be my number one favorite drink. I still drink a can a week.
0: awesome. Awesome. Alright, Noah the There you have it with the questions and whatnot, just to get to know like every like who are you and what you're all about, especially for our listeners out here too. Alright, Noah. So with that being said, like we get to know you now. We're just gonna go ahead and talk some news. I know I'm not gonna be covering in the, like results from past independent wrestling show. That's gonna be for the next episode of Into the Stratosphere, which I know it's gonna be a big one, especially GCW, the collective, y'all, which is going to be taking place this Friday, like October 9th, all the way to yep. the 11th. October 9th. Like, yeah.
1: That's
0: so, anyway, I you guys. I think
1: Bloodsport's coming up uh, as well. The yeah. Josh Burnett's uh, Bloodsport, and I think our Spring Break special came up as well. Oh,
0: yeah, as part of the collective.
1: That's what I thought.
0: <clears throat> yeah. All right, you guys. With that being said, let's go ahead and go kick off some news that's been going on in the world of wrestling with New Japan and and Impact Wrestling. And also, like, you know, other, like, that is outside of it, to you. Especially, we got some, like, news. Even though it's just for three top news we got. So, anyway, so, breaking news as of Monday, October 5th. So, on HollywoodReporter.com confirms that Season 4 which is supposed to be the final season of Glow, is officially canceled. According to Netflix, it has to dis- reverse a renewal decision on its dramatically series, Glow, citing COVID-19 issue. Is not going forward with the fourth and final s- season for the series. Along with Glow, we have this only one season of Teenage Bounty Hunter that is also canceled, which is... Both of them have been executive produced by Jen D. Cohen. Which, to me, this is a very heartbreaking news. Like, you have GLOW, an all women's wrestling series that, like, it brought, like, wrestling fans and non-wrestling fans. And also fans that have been watching GLOW, like, back in the 80s. And it's officially canceled. Like, what is going on? I know they started production, like... In the beginning of this year, up until they have to put it on hold because of the pandemic happened and the lockdown. And now it's, like, officially canceled, which it's so mind-boggling, and it doesn't even make sense whatsoever. So, Noah, what are your thoughts on this cancellation of GLOW?
1: Dang. I mean, we know how much Jocelyn Khan has put into that show. I mean, she's been one of the key parts of that show since its beginning. I can only imagine how affected she is by this, but I think about cancellations and struggles and due to, to COVID. And I'm like, okay, what do you do? Is it truly over? How do you bounce back? And if one project fails, can you come up with something new? It's heartbreaking considering, again, it was supposed to be what? Their final season. It was supposed to be that definitive event. There are some series that we as people, as People that just want to be entertained, that follow something since maybe episode one, season one, whatever you might be, or just newcomers. You want to see where it goes, you want to see the site of conclusion. I think about shows that I wish had a of conclusion, but due to other restrictions on COVID, uh, I never got to see them. So it's kind of hard to hear, and I can imagine how it's affected everybody who's probably been preparing for this and put in so much so part of this show. I can only hope that karma, also whatever you might call her, as well as all of her colleagues come up with uh, some other projects that still inspire wrestling and non-wrestling fans, but also is profitable for them, too. Because at the end of the day, this is their job. This is what they need to support their families. It's not just a hobby. It's not just an interest. So there's more to this than just our entertainment. This is actual people's incomes at risk here. So I'm really sad to hear that, and I honestly hope everything works well. I mean, Will Fortune and Jeopardy, they finally came back and figured stuff out. As a game show enthusiast, I was happy to uh, see that, and for the longest time, I was worried about Alex Trebek, but whenever somebody loses out on a production-type value to be a, a part of, it not just hurts us as fans, I feel it hurts the actors and those that take part in and put everything into it more. I wish them all the best, and I hope that a new side project comes out of it, maybe next year.
0: Yeah, like... Like, it is a really devastating news, especially, like, you know, with Awesome Kong, at a.k.a. Kia Stevens, and then you have other actors, too, like Alison Bree. and also, and also you have, like, special guests, or especially it has been confirmed that, like, Taya Valkyrie, even though she did post a broken heart emoji, a few minutes later, she did broke her silence saying that. She's gonna be a, a special guest on the fourth and final season of Glow as one of the wrestlers. And she show, shared like a behind the scene photo of what her character's gonna be and whatnot. Since now that it's officially cancelled, Taya is not gonna be getting her her opportunity to have everybody seeing like her acting ability. Don't get me wrong, she did an incredible job being an actress on Lucha Underground because it is a mixture of like, you know, drama and wrestling too. But, like, Absolutely. not in, like, a full Hollywood effect, too. And that's really devastating for Taya or other special guest stars, too. You mm. know?
1: I mean, maybe she, maybe they can at least try and do some sort of, like, behind-the-scenes thing. Give us, like, some sort of production idea of what was going in so far. Just to maybe send the fans home happy, knowing that this is what we were trying to do for you. I'm sorry I wouldn't work out. I just feel like we need to give something to the fans. I hope that the fans all get something out of it, too. I, I used to watch Globe for a little bit, but again, with work and life, primarily everything I watch is mostly wrestling and game show here and there. But again, I, I would hope that something comes out of this, like some sort of behind-the-scenes special or this day in production, etc. cetera. And Chair Underground, yeah, I know Tyra Valkyrie. It was not full-on acting, but I definitely believe, since she also is married to John Morris, a.k.a. Okay, John Hannigan, who's known to act in movies, I can imagine what she was going to bring from a non-wrestling perspective.
0: That's right. But it's going to be harder for fans just to go glue it in to see, like, something on Netflix because with now, like, you know, Netflix is, like, still in hot waters. I even went on a full rant on my Instagram stories, like, you know, giving my full-blown opinion about it. To make a long story short, like, I'm no longer supporting Netflix because if you cancel GLOW and then other shows in the past, but yet you still kept that very controversial movie that is glorifying child predators that doesn't even make no sense whatsoever and y'all know what i'm talking about with that controversial movie which i'm not going to say it or anything or it. getting to my knowledge i went on a full run on Ren on instagram story and briefly on twitter so necklace has been like in really hot waters and this is the last straw I already removed i have my profiles removed a month ago when that whole controversy happened and this is how it draws in line, too. And I know a lot of people are, like, not happy about the cancellation. And also, what is Netflix's move, too? Because
1: face, is, face it, Netflix is in deep hot waters, Noah. I mean, they were in deep hot waters when they raised the price on everybody and they promised everybody they weren't going to do that. I remember that story. But the last time I used Netflix was years ago, binging the entire original Mythbusters series. I haven't used Netflix in years. Neither has my mother. She uses Hulu.
0: Good call. Yeah, so it is going to make me think that, you know, even though I watched Netflix just to watch F is for Family, BoJack Horseman, which now it's done, Ozark, and also like waiting for the new season of Cobra Kai, which is transitioned from YouTube Red all the way to Netflix. Now it's like, you know what, it's not going to worth my time to watch it. I'll just wait and see if Stranger Things going to release a DVD because I know they released like DVD of like previous seasons, you know and i know following yeah,
1: we'll that series for a while and and when in doubt let's be honest this is the internet eventually you can google it you can watch it
0: mm, yeah but i'd rather just you know support like the productions and the actors and i agree what not too but yeah so i just don't know
1: what people go to when it comes to getting what they want i mean what was it game of thrones like it was the most pirated series in all of media history and people are still PO'd on that on how that ended. Exactly. Didn't even follow that series.
0: <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah, I think it is I did not follow along Game of Thrones. Please don't come with me,
1: at me, guys. It's oh, kind of like not my cup of, of tea. Over, yeah. I, I recognize dragons, castles. Yeah. Too many episodes. Too many seasons. I used to work at Walmart. I sold those box sets of seasons, all right? Yeah. I understand the show. (laughs) I just didn't watch all of it.
0: Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Yeah, so all in all, I just wanted to wish everybody best of luck, and who knows, you may be seeing Awesome Kong back in AEW, but time would tell now. Uh, I mean, we'll see. All right, so another news. So it has been confirmed on the last episode of the Chris Van Fleet show that former WWE Superstar and former NWA Women's Champion Jazz has been announced that she is officially retired. That's right. Uh, she officially retired. Has been confirmed that, like, due to, like, personal issues, including her health his- issue, she wanted to keep going at it, especially, like, you know, going on a last tour in 2020. And so, in th- so she confirmed that, like, because of her physical... Mental and emotional issues that she's been having, that um, she decided just to retire, and that's when she also dropped the NWA Women's Champion. So, mm-hmm. yeah, so unfortunately, Jazz is now retired, you know. And honestly, I think it's kind of like sad to say that she is gonna be no longer doing in ring work. I mean, she had like an incredible year in the wrestling business, too. So what are your thoughts on everything, Noah?
1: A -a one-of-a-kind career and the longest reigning NWA women's champion, in my memory, with over 900 days. And I remember she did bring up a cameo spot in a uh, Casino Bar Royale with the women in AEW. I feel that she still has much to give to the wrestling industry, but there's that time with a wrestler, and this is the hardest question I've seen for a wrestler when watching documentaries for those that literally had to do this, whether temporary or permanent, though this is permanent. You gotta really wonder... When does the rest of decide that they can no longer do it and truly believe that's the right decision to go with? As you said, there are many factors that go into this. Physical health, mental health, got to be two of the biggest factors. Emotional health has to be another one. I think about Undertaker's last ride where I thought the man would never retire to the point that his family is poor him. But they were worried about him too. Bones being brittle, taking on cryotherapy just to actually walk. And now it seems like he's finally at peace literally just relaxing and taking care of his family so i hope that's the case for jazz because i know it has to be hard for her because honestly i wasn't sure when she was going to be done if nothing else i hope that maybe w can put her into the w hall of fame because i feel she definitely deserves that with the work she put in not just w but just in personal wrestling in general and maybe she can lead the future in a way like be a coach or something, start a podcast and provide like, you know, a positive outlet to those that want to maybe still be with her, that support her. It's always tough for a wrestler to say, that's it. I'm done. And truly you are done. In Jazz's case, I have to imagine that she truly means it because she's done everything, but we've also known what this last year has been for everybody, including her. So all I can say is I wish Jazz the best in whatever the future wishes to provide her and whatever pursuits she wishes to do.
0: Definitely. So now that she has done in ring and she can be focused on one thing is being a mother to her two daughters too. I mean, jazz, I remember jazz made her debut during the attitude era transition to the ruthless aggression era. I would say one of my favorite match of all time from Jazz actually was the triple threat match for the WWE Women's Champion at WrestleMania 19 against Victoria and Trish Stratus. That was Absolutely. a pretty impressive match that I was so tuned into. And this is how the definition of real women's wrestling is all about. Even though she lost to one of my favorite wrestlers of all time, Trish Stratus, for the title, but yeah. she put in all her hard work and all her dues, no matter what. Although that her theme song on in WWE was kinda not my favorite, but I was I am very admired by her in ring work and her Tessa strings too. And especially like how Teddy Long used to manage her. Yeah. Yeah. That was night. good. That's old my night. guy.
1: That's my manager right there. Yeah, yeah Teddy yeah. Long has been an invaluable part of Jazz's career among so many other greats in women's professional wrestling. You think about this boom period, some say, since we've had the women's evolution. Necessarily, women's wrestling wasn't really picked up from there. It was started in the early going, even before Trish Stratus and Lita, and Jazz was one of those pioneers definitely uh, leading it. So again, I thank her, and I wish her all the best.
0: That's right. So from all of us at the BulletCast, we wanted to wish the best of luck to Jazz and her happy retirement. Thank you so much for everything you do in the wrestling business. Alright. With that being said, let's go ahead and move on to the last piece of news. So, on Tuesday, October 6th, New Japan Pro Wrestling has announced that they're going to be doing not one, but two tournaments as an alternate schedule. That's right. The world. Tag League 2020 and the Best of Super Junior 27. It will kick off on November 15th for both shows. And then afterwards, it's going to be the alternate, just like with the G1 Climax with the A Block and then the B Block for that. Up until December 11th where both, show, where both tournaments will be combined together for the finale too. So yeah, Noah, this is a big news for everyone, especially like how they are during the COVID era. I know they're combining together because we know we have some of the New Japan Pro Wrestling stars that are stuck in their prospective country due to the travel restriction or like other personal reasonings too. Because I know like, you know, we have some stars from New Japan Pro Wrestling. America is now in Japan competing for the G1 Climax. So there is a lot of like possibility for this so what are your thoughts on the announcement of this tournament
1: well first off considering the type of schedule new japan pro wrestling has been under when you consider right now we'd be preparing for the king of pro wrestling favorite that usually gives you like five of your best matches of the year it's a very different dynamic and the funny thing is even before this double tour we have power struggle right before this earlier in november but I'm extremely interested and intrigued. As we know, the G1 sets up the main title picture for Wrestle Kingdom, but based on certain competitors' runs, it sets up other title matches and storylines out of it, too. And, of course, Best of GP Juniors is always dedicated to setting up the IWGP Junior Heavyweight Championship match. You got to match, we're going to see Kicking Tang bum Haromu Takahashi involved in this. I can see Master Watto debuting. Bushi, your guy. I can see maybe optimistically, maybe some people for going to strong being part of this. I would love to see DKC, Danny Limelight, Clark Connors even, if he possibly wins this uh, crown. Uh, what's the other one? Blake Christian, who truly impressed me in uh, his match. I've been definitely a fan of uh, his work. And I'm curious to see how many people are also involved in these fields as well. Because like you said, each day after the opener, it is separate action. It's going to be like maybe like 10 teams and uh, 10 individuals for each of these tours. As far as teams... You talk about Thin Juice, you talk about maybe Golden Ace, maybe getting back together. You talk about maybe Master Watto forming a team again with the uh, coach. But then again, World Tag League is more focused on the heavyweight side, so I don't see that. I got to imagine G.O.D. has to be involved in this, bar none. So, and of course, the tag team champions, Zaxima Jr. and Taiji, I have to have to be involved in this too, as Zaxima Jr. wants to elevate the tag team championships. So it's extremely interesting to me. And I also love the fact they're going back to Nippon Budokan, which we all know has been a huge staple venue for these tour finales, especially the G1, which unfortunately will not be in that venue during this uh, G1. That kind of makes me sad. But I'm happy to see that they'll bring the Nippon Budokan uh, back for this. So I'm extremely intrigued and excited for this. But I have to wonder, what does this mean for afterwards? You got to imagine with the amount of time left, The only thing left is the road to Tokyo Dome. So we'll have to wait and see how this all falls out. And I imagine there's going to be a press conference as soon as either Power Struggle's over or the G1's over regarding who we might see in this.
0: Definitely. I know there's going to be, like, a lot of, like, you know, speculations and, like, you know, what's going to be happening next with New Japan. But let them know, New Japan's strong altogether, like, for that, too, since now Takumi Obari is now the new CEO of New Japan Pro Wrestling as a whole, is he also going to be running the New Japan Pro Wrestling USA or is there just going to be a new CEO in line? There is like a lot of endless possibility, especially with the participant, too. Like, you know, for the best yeah. of Super Junior, I know they're just going to bring in like, you know, wrestlers that we know or probably someone from New Japan Strong, and especially for like the World Tag League 2020. I know that Tama Tonga did post a really funny tweet calling out Evil and Dick Togo for not putting a too sweet and called them, well, (laughs) H-word muffins, which we haven't (laughs) heard him tweet that and call them since, I believe, early last year.
1: The good bad guy yeah. strikes again. I, I can see <laughs> thick Togo and Evil versus God in the world. Yeah. Uh, bag League as well. Heck, I can see former champions, believe it or not, because this is a thing. I could see Torrey Hill Asia and Torrey forming a freaking team. Ooh, so, oh, Yeah. Yeah, imagine that madness. The toughest fighter and the most ridiculous wrestler. So, again, I'm very uh, optimistic of this. And if you talk about bringing people over here from Strong Stronger, different regions, they might do something similar like they did prior to the G1 because I was reading stuff where it said if you were in uh, Japan by, what was it, September 5th, I think, you were held in quarantine until the G1. So while tribal restrictions might be lifted a little bit, they might be already doing something like that before. Who knows? We might see Amazing Red.
0: Definitely, too. I know they're bringing in, like, stars as long as they have, like, a special visa just to travel along. Mm -hmm. Because according to, like, what I saw the reports about non-essential travelers to Japan, like, tourism, they're actually going to be, like, resuming, I believe, in April 2021. Mm -hmm. But there's going to be a lot of changes that have been going on, you know, especially during this pandemic era. But we'll see how it's going to play out a lot along the line, especially with this whole curiosity, too.
1: Indeed, yeah. and like you said, that guy's taking over as COO. Thank you so much. Arigato, Harold Haro, Uh At the uh, mid-end of October, I believe, uh, October 23rd. So we'll definitely see how that impacts New Japan uh, Strong and uh, NJPW over in Japan as well. And again, with the fact that this week concludes that tournament, we'll find out what's next for sure for NJPW Strong, I imagine.
0: Exactly. Alrighty, so that is it for the news. So before we go into the usual recap, we're gonna be hearing a quick we're gonna take a quick commercial break and we're gonna hear from Brandon of Curveballs and Chair Shots.
1: What's up everyone? It's Brandon. If you love sports and wrestling like I do, then check out my other podcast, Curveballs and Chair Shots. Every Friday, me and my illustrious co-host Dominic Hopson talk the biggest news from the MLB, NFL, NBA, and so much more. We also cover some things we don't talk about here on the Bulletcast, including a weekly NXT recap. You can listen to Curveballs and Share Shots wherever you get your podcast. Just simply search Curveballs and Share Shots. Now let's get back to the show.
0: All righty, and we are back to commercial break, y'all. I know we had to get our drink breaks and take a breather a bit. All righty, so let's go ahead and start doing the quick recap for starting off with Me Japan Pro Wrestling Strong, which took place on Friday, October 2nd. And I'm surprised enough you... Honestly, Noah, I feel this is not their best show—best uh, episode of all, like, for New Japan Strong. I feel it's kind of like—I don't know what it is. I feel it's kind of, like, sl- slow pace because I think it's because of the match placement they put. Like, you have—it's the start of the semifinal match for the Lions break crown, and then just the regular match all together. So, what do yeah, you
1: Yeah, I kind of agree, because when you consider the New Japan Wrestling formula— you usually have your main focus of the show as your later half. And one of those matches is your main event. While this time the main event focused more on a solo feud between bullet club and this unique team of wrestling individuals led by Roger Romero. I feel like this card truly should have been reversed. The eight man should have been like the second, the tag team match should have been uh, the first. And then you should have ended basically with uh, Danny Lionland Bray Christian. Cause that was my favorite match of the uh, show. And, The truth be told, those semifinal matches, they did not go as long as you think, eight minutes. And they don't have a time limit as far as I know. But I thought both of them were really good. And if this tournament is your main focus right now, don't you think that should be your closer? It felt like an odd show to me.
0: Exactly. So with the odd show, let's go ahead and go with a quick recap. So, like, starting off with the semifinal match for the Lions Break Crown Tournament you have is Clark Connors versus... Logan Regal, which the match ended in seven minutes and 51 seconds. I mean, I feel this match was kind of like slow paced for like, you know, the different like formatting of this match to combine together. But I know both of these gentlemen did an impressive job showcasing their match, but there was like a lot of like, you know, offensive going on and then some initial holes. And all in all, you have Clark Connors with the signature Boston Crab to pick up the victory and going to the final. Oh. So what do you think of this match overall, Noah?
1: Again, when you look at New Japan Pro Wrestling, I look at the wrestling match versus the result. There's no doubt that everyone's favorite and the clear favorite in this, according to most people except Kevin Kelly, was Clark Connors. Clark Connors had a very effective uh, offense in the uh, early going. But uh, Logan Regal tried to slow down his momentum, but he ate a spear. And that effective Boston Crab, Young Lions, New Japan Pro Wrestling style, it gave uh, Clark Connors the emphatic win. So can he repeat that performance in the finals? We'll have to uh, wait and see. But pretty good match and uh, pretty good showing by uh, Logan Regal. I'm still surprised he beat freaking DKC, but that's a whole nother story.
0: Exactly. Like, we were all sh- surprised that, like, Regal did defeat a TK- DKC with a roll-up for all
1: matters. I don't know
0: where. Yeah. So now it's that, like, I know Clark Connors is, like, everybody's popular um, pick because because he is the only one out of competing in the LA dojo since we don't know what's going on with Alex Coughlin and... Carl Fedrick has officially graduated from the LA Dojo now to part of the main roster, and I don't know what's going on with Ren Narita altogether. Gabriel Kidd is stuck in Japan, competing for the G1 Climax C unofficial C Block.
1: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we're currently losing with two wins.
0: Yeah. So all in all, it's that like you know, Clark Connors had to bring his A game no matter what, especially leading up to the finals. He doesn't want to be
1: the last one to graduate. That's his motive.
0: That's right. And then let's go ahead and move on to the next match. You know, the last of the semifinal match for the Lions break crown tournament you have is Danny Limelight versus Blake Christian, which ends in seven minutes and 54 minutes. And I feel this match was pretty solid. It was pretty solidly good. Not the best, not the worst, but solid good. And you have, like, a lot of this high-flying caliber to it, too. And, of course, at the end, Danny Limelight did plan Blake Christian with a small package driver to pick up the victory, all in all. And he's now going to the finals, which I am happy because he's my overall pick. And I know you picked Blake Christian. So, Noah. I did. Exactly. We have our own, like, um, New Japan Pro Wrestling prediction, just between me and him, you guys. And you all know, since the return, yours truly won. But we'll see what's going I
1: mean, to happen. we think lucky. will <laughs> see at Wrestle Kingdom. That's where I thrive. But anyway, yeah, uh, yeah Blake Christian uh, was yes. my favorite going into this. But I already knew kind of he was going into this gender, but especially with his wrist being worked over from the match. But then again, as they put over Sully on commentary, Kevin Kelly and um, Alice Kozlov, I mean, the man has literally fought with like one limb, whether it's one arm, one leg. He's fought where he felt like he couldn't breathe. He fought on pure instinct. And it uh, really showed here, there was a couple of really close spots. I thought he had Danny Limelight. And again, it was fast auxiliary offense by uh, both men. But Danny Limelight showing Rocky Romero type of uh, experience and also mannerisms. He put out the win in the end with a small package driver. I respect both men. I thought it was a really good match. And I know for sure this is the last we've heard of Blake Christian. But congratulations to your pick advancing in the finals. Now we'll really see who comes out on top.
0: Oh, totally.
1: Next. I just hope his ribs
0: are okay. Blake Christian, get those ribs worked on. Man. Oh yeah, yeah, that injury scare was like wow, like brutal. Like I hope he's okay. I know he gave it his all. He got. I know Blake Christian is have like one of one or two bookings coming up for the GCW Collective, but we're not sure what's going on with like the updates and whatnot. But we'll see what's going to happen next. But all in all, this match was pretty stellar. It's, like, a lot of, like, you know, moments. But I think it's, like, it's just got to be careful, like, you know, no matter what with this high caliber of the matches together.
1: That's some of the risk people take, yeah. especially in New Japan Pro Wrestling, whether you're a veteran or a young lion. Mm-hmm.
0: Correct. That's right. So, congratulations, Danny Limelight. And we have is our finals. Or next week, New Japan Strong. Well, actually, this week, duh. But because <laughs> of now. like, yeah, I don't know. A because, now, but it's this Friday. <laughs> I know. Well, sometimes with this podcast episode, is kind of like in delay, and then it's like, oh, wow. release like a day after New Japan Strong. But I know we got to, thank goodness I just called the dates. But yeah, so for this week, we'll see who's going to be the winner for it. Is it Danny Limelight or is it Clark Connors? We'll have to find out. All right, so let's go ahead and move on to the next match. In the now we're on, like I think you call it the regular New Japan Strong match. Um, yeah, it was a tag Please team match. Yeah, okay. <laughs> we have it's a tag team match between Carl Fedrick and TJP versus a team of Brody King and Flip Gordon. That match was pretty decent. I mean, you have a lot of like you know questionable in ring tactic. Is it just me or is it TJP's move set kind of like a bit? Cool down because I know when in Impact Wrestling he does those cool submission holds, especially with the double sharpshooter. But I feel like with him in New Japan, it's kind of like a hit or miss type of situation too. I don't know, is it just me or?
1: It feels yeah. like he's trying to define himself yeah. maybe in a different style in New Japan Pro Wrestling versus Impact Wrestling. As he's just trying to be a great professional wrestler. What I also find interesting is how he and Carl Fredrick they kind of gel pretty well as a tag team. And TJP more so let Carl Fredrick try and take the lead in this match. It wasn't like TJP was trying to lead Carl Fredericks. A very different dynamic when you consider these two face each other one-on-one in last year's Lion Break Project or the Super J Cup. It was one of those two things. And then I look at Brody Camp Gordon, who, of course, as far as I know, we're working with Bring Up Honor, still might be. And these two are forming a very dominant dynamic. And that finisher at the end with the uh, takeover into the TKO, that was friggin' ridiculous. And the fact that TJP was the one that ate the fall versus Carl also kind of surprised me. So more so, I feel like TJP now may be just trying to feel out call Fredericks, maybe see what he's given up, maybe try and push him forward versus... TJP is known to do. It was a different feeling for me when TJP was in this match because I feel like he was trying to get called Fredericks to get the rub here. But overall, it was still a pretty good match. But I must say, I'm kind of surprised that these two got the win. Makes me wonder what it means for them and Ring of Honor.
0: Oh, totally, too. Like, yeah, Flip Gordon with the TKO to pick up the victory. Pinning, I believe, was. TJB. TJB. yeah i was right yeah, yeah i mean we'll see what's going to happen next especially like you know how they will gel together because this match was like you know like a solid match especially how it is going to be in the future with like a working relationship with ring of honor since now ring of honor is now back with their tournament style and who knows if Brody can flip gordon are going to be going to japan to compete in the world tag league there's so much endless possibility uh-huh.
1: I didn't think about that. That actually might work for them, too. Because we've seen Mr. Brody Lee take it to big, powerful boys. And when uh, Brody King was uh, in this uh, match, he definitely turned the match into his team's favor. But kudos to Flip Gordon, especially surviving the uh, onslaught call Fredix was just phasing him. And, again, good tag team dynamics. They tried to isolate Flip Gordon, but as soon as uh, Brody King got in, it was basically game over.
0: Oh, yeah, definitely. <laughs> All right, so congratulations to the winners, even though I have my different opinion about Flip Gordon, and I don't <laughs> call his action, but yeah. Anyway, so let's go ahead and move on to the main event match, which is the eight-man tag team match, which he has the team of Misterioso, Rocky Romero, Dave Finley, and Jeff Cobb versus Bullet Club, Jay White, kenta chase owens and hiku leo which i'm surprised that like kevin kelly and alex koslov did not acknowledge that this was pre-taped because as you all know jeff cobb kenta and jay white is in japan competing for the g1 climax yep yeah so i just feel they should add a little bit of disclaimer saying that this match is pre-taped during japan and stuff like that and at least we get to see Kenta's quarantine hair. I miss his fluffy hair, though, before
1: he <gasps> cut ah. his
0: tie. What?
1: I used to have hair not as big as that, but I used to have the hair like that. So, oh, uh, yeah.
0: <laughs> totally. So, anyway, yeah, that match was pretty awesome for the main event match, even though it's kind of, like, a little bit flat, but it was awesome. I feel that, like, Chase Owens and Hickalo did the most. Like, a little oh, bit out of, like, Jay White and Kenta altogether. And so, and Mysterioso was the one that picked up, like, the full-blown, like, you know, in-ring ability, too. So, of course, you have Chase Owens goes to a cover-up to pick the victory after Hickaleo did um at Mysterioso with the Gunslinger. So, no overall, with this match.
1: I'm surprised Rocker Romero's grieving after that one freaking chop after trying to test Hikaleo's chest. What the word were you thinking, coach? Hikaleo, hey, he tried to lead the troops to victory, but it just didn't work out. I've been impressed with uh Yoso since seeing him on an NJPW Strong. I thought he definitely looked like the strongest here. And Jeff Cobb, of course, he just wanted one person, uh, Kenta. While Jay White, of course, has just proven bullet club, taking over the world, dominating everywhere. But Hikaleo, he was definitely VIP of this match. Especially when it looked like Mysterio and company were getting the better of the team at the record mail, led them into the clotheslines forever, forever, forever. forever. But of course <laughs> the point, of course, the point out's Cause up now wants to defect from chaos to Bullet Club. Yeah, Bullet Club got the win and Chase Owens got the fall thanks to Hikale's assistance. So like you said, maybe Chase Owens and Hikaleo is a team to look out for in the World Tag League. We know Chase Owens is a former uh, tag league competitor. It was a pretty good match, and now I just wonder what's next for the ones that are still over there, which I have to imagine are going to be, at least Mysterio, also, and maybe Chase if they don't do the Chase and Igalo thing. Mm-hmm. It was an odd match, but more so, it's just trying to see if somebody can stop Bullet Club. I feel like that was the biggest story right here, and it didn't happen. A pretty good match, though.
0: Definitely, I just feel that, like you know, they kind of like put it in ring work like in in an impressive state of it but all in all i was pretty much like you know interesting with the match even though despite the fact that this whole show itself was kind of odd but i feel it's kind of like flat especially with like you know the placement of the match too. Now yeah. I'm wondering what's gonna be happening next for this week episode of New Japan Strong, especially the fact that like Natagumi Obari is gonna be is now the CEO for it. What is gonna be the future of New Japan Strong? Especially like now that like some of the competitors here in the US so can finally go to Japan to perform overseas. So there is a lot to think in what's going on.
1: They might have like a tag team qualifier for the World Tag League. And again, this is pre tape So for all we know, they might have had like qualifying matches to see maybe one or two teams could participate in the World Tag League. And for all we know, Piccolo, Chase Owens, they might already be in Japan. David Finley might be in Japan. I could see them doing something like that. Yeah. I don't see them doing necessarily another tournament or round-robin thing out the gate.
0: Definitely, too. And yeah, so all in all, Noah, so here we do rate based on, you know, thumbs up, thumbs down, thumbs middle, and not like Sammy Callahan, thumbs up, thumbs down. At first I was thinking movie critics, but like, oh wait, Sammy Callahan and stuff. So, Noah, what can you rate this show? Thumbs up, thumbs down, thumbs middle. You could also do a one and a half.
1: Nicolau was definitely a key performer in this match. I'm curious what they do with him, especially if he already had a one-on-one match view with the biggest player right now in NJW Strong, uh, Brody King. I enjoyed both the uh, Young Lions Cup matches. I felt like they deserved more time. I felt like the booking was a little odd for the show overall. Blake Christian held an effort. Pretty good action overall. Danny Limelight showed heart. I probably did, 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 did one and a half.
0: Same thing, Noah. I'm giving the show one and a half, even though the show was like pretty much like in a odd order. And I feel like, you know, that young lion, young lions break crown. I keep saying young lion. Lion breaks crown.
1: I know. Um, you're so used to saying young lion. I know, right?
0: Lions break
1: crown. Lions break, break crown. crown. Everybody who's been
0: as strong is lions, <laughs> lions something. Lion right? Breaks. yeah and so like with this match placement i wish it wouldn't have been in a main event especially how it is but i can understand why for that but it kind of like feels out of tune out of place especially with other of the matches too so yeah one and a half thumbs up so yeah alrighty you guys let's go ahead and move on to this event that happened this past weekend on saturday october 3rd impact wrestling presents victory road that was only exclusively on impact plus Like I said, I did not watch the whole show. Only watched the highlight that's been posted on their YouTube channel. But Noah, I know you did watch the whole show itself for that. So what are your overall take of this pay-per-view?
1: Well, it was longer than a regular episode of Impact, clocking in at two hours and forty five minutes and a nine match card. I thought all the matches were pretty strong and pretty fun. There was some entertaining moments, especially with rookie raju yelling. As defended the title against uh, Willie Mack and of course won it be a count out but you don't change the title on a count out so I thought that was entertaining we finally got the closer to Jamil uh Dashwood and Jordan Grace and I thought things were really good in the uh last three matches where you had the preview of the failed four-way for Bound for Glory you have Eric Young and Eddie Edwards renewing hostilities, but you're also looking at is Eddie Edwards' ankle holding up. And then I also look at can you really bring something out of Kylie Ray that we haven't seen before that could push her to maybe beating John Farrasso. And, of course, when we talk about it tonight, we'll talk more about that. But overall, I thought the show had good flow. Each of the matches had some uh, pretty good time. I didn't really feel like there was a match. I was like, okay, why is this here? And uh, I enjoyed it overall. Pretty good uh, special. I'm glad they're back doing those monthly specials on uh, Impact Plus. I kind of miss those.
0: Definitely, too. And I know they're trying to glue it into everybody just to subscribe to the Impact Plus and also 30 days for free and stuff. I mean, I would love to sign up for it, but I honestly don't have the time for it because, like, you know, I have school. Yep. Driving test, which y'all know your girl failed. Damn you, bike lane. Oh. Digress. I'm taking it again, <laughs> like in a couple no, weeks. It next time. Anyway, <laughs> now the cat is out in the back for my important announcement from last week. But yeah, anyway. <laughs> but yeah, all in all, like when I look at the results of it, especially the highlight, I feel it's like I said, it's like a glorifying house shows, but with no audience whatsoever. But I know Pretty you much- Yeah, and I know we mentioned it, like, you know, there's, like, matches, like, why is it on this match and whatnot? And now for commentators you have is Josh Matthews and Madison Rain, which I was like, okay, this is, like, another episode of Impact Wrestling, go figure, and stuff. Even though they're trying to save Josh Matthews and Don Callis for Bound for Glory, for, I'm presuming, because I know Don Callis made his return at Slammiversary. All right, you guys, so the quick results right here, because Noah did say very beautifully about his thoughts of, you know, Victory Road. So you have Triple XL versus the Rascal, where the Rascal defeated Triple XL. Is it the match? That's like what's going on, Noah?
1: Sort of. I mean, it was really weird. You had a match of basically high flying cruiserweights versus two the biggest heavyweights, bigger probably than the bouncers when you think of combined weight from Ring of Honor. Uh, and again, for the most part, I thought that the bounce. Oh, excuse me. I thought Triple XL was going to uh, get the win here, but. Rascals showed tenacity. Desmond got the win at the end with a car screw splash. Pretty weird, but again, both these teams you got to consider in the tag team division. I'm kind of surprised the Rascals aren't involved in the tag team uh, title picture, but this match, uh, I think, was a first step towards it. And honestly, we haven't seen a lot of triple XL in-ring progression-wise. For a while, so maybe these losses will lead to some uh, character development. But hey, kudos to AC on losing hundred pounds.
0: No, oh, that I know, right? I mean, I did give his high praise about it, especially on past episode into the stratosphere, and he's still working at it no matter what, too. All right, and so like another result you have here is Brian Myers versus Tommy Dreamer, where Brian Myers defeated Tommy Dreamer. Then you have is the you mentioned about the X Division. Um, open challenge match, you know. The heat we-
1: Rohit Yep,
0: that's right. Willie Mag did um defeated Rohit Roju via countout, but Roju is still the X-Division champion. You have Jordan Grace versus Tenille With Caleb Conley with two
1: Ks, people, two Ks. Hey, it's just, he just says with a K, so I'm just going to address him like that. But also, while you're talking <laughs> about people with a K, right before that, Sammy Callahan is trying to unleash... Ken Samrock, Ooh. in a way, via uh, social media liking. Although I think it's exaggerated when he said $45 billion.
0: Interesting. Interesting. All right. And then, like, in the results right here, Taneo Dashwood defeated Jordan Grace. Same tactic when they first faced off. Not surprised, you know. rough distraction by Caleb with a K and all that. So, this like a rematch. And then you have Heath Slater and Rhino versus Reno Scum in an extinction extin- extin- match. God, it's like hey. a tongue twister. Where Heath <laughs> and Moose defeated Reno Scum. So that kind of guaranteed Heath possibly getting signed to Impact Wrestling. And then you have Moose versus Trey Miguel. Isn't the match just like what is going on, Match Noah?
1: Absolutely, because as you know, this match was a rematch basically from the Impact Emergence mm-hmm. special. I think it was night one. And of course, this was over Moose's figurative, in his eyes, TNT with heavyweight title. What's funny about this match, before the match was officially like announced, I don't even know if it was announced before this, uh, Scott Damore, basically, he found Moose backstage, pounding on his office door, <laughs> wanting to talk to him about, he has my tile. I'm in no state to wrestle. And then, basically, Scott reads in the ride, at, okay, well, last time I checked, wrestlers wrestle to prove a point. And last time I checked, titles are not living beings, inanimate <laughs> objects don't have funerals. You need to focus, show us why you're the best, show us, brag why you're the best by beating Trey Miguel and going in the ring, and then he just kept walking off, basically berating moves about this title, blah, blah, <laughs> blah, blah, blah. My blah. God. This, this match was just weird, but it was clearly just for one purpose, proving the point that EC3 is still controlling this narrative, because EC3, with the TitanTron distraction, Trey got the roll-up win. So I guess telling totally now they're one at one but I think that was the last round moves his mind. As he ran backstage to the production truck, because he finally was there, gets trapped, hears all this noise, EC3 logo everywhere, Leads the truck, finds the belt in a little eulogy area, the actual belt. Mm-hmm. And then he's free, drops him from behind, and then basically tells him that this belt dies and a funeral comes with it Tuesday. So, again, this this match was clearly just story purpose. This was the match I was like, why is this here?
0: Interesting. Yeah. Like, it's kind of, it seems that, like, when I read the results, it's like, how come, why did he put this match out of no, out of this? And I'm glad, like, I wish this match would have happened at the next episode of Impact Wrestling like happens today altogether and that can make more sense with the tie-in of the storyline, which we're gonna get into that with the rest of the impact wrestling recap, you guys. So very well said, Noah, and thank you for like you know asking like who wins with this motive too. Okay. Alright. And then afterwards with the match you have is the four corners match where Josh Alexander, representing the north, <laughs> defeated Alex Shelley, Ace Austin, and Carl Anderson via the underhook package pile driver. And that's what I said about Josh Alexander. He is the king of Canadian strong style for that too. And what are you that? That's right. And then you did mention about the knockouts title match between Deanna Perazzo versus Susie, where Deanna Perrazzo did retain the title. Which, if you guys saw, like, from the highlights, we're just going to see it right now with, like, the highlights of what happened you saw on the episode. That's right. After the match, Deonna Purrazzo did attack Susie mercilessly. She grabbed a chair, she placed it between Susie's arm, and then she started, you know, stepping on it. And then did a Fujiwara arm bar to Susie while Kimberly was holding Kylie Ray like, face to witness everything, too. And my question to you is, have you seen a little bit of, like, a trigger from Suzy transitioning to Sue Young, Like, a hint.
1: Yes, I did. She did the arachnophobic thing, and for a while her hair was not coming to her face. There was subtle twitching, and it looked like at the end she was going to go for a panic switch, but Diana Perazzo countered that into what she's calling the Venus de Milo, mm-hmm. the double Fujiwara bar, and got a verbal tap out from uh, Suzy. And I was like, oh boy, I keep saying it. I feel like we're going to see Sue Young at Bound for Glory. Now, how that plays in the actual title match itself, which you know now is official, between Kylie and Dion Peraza for Nagos championship, only time uh, will tell. But yeah, talk about some psychological warfare. Indeed,
0: Noah. And then we're going to go to the main event match you have is Eric Young versus Eddie Edwards for the Impact World Championship match, where Eddie... Not Eddie Edwards was almost about to win, but then EY with the with the heel hook submission and then Eddie Edwards did defeated him and yeah, no, and you mentioned like, you know, you were impressed with the main event match overall and all that too. And then what happened afterwards?
1: Well, despite the fact that Edwards was literally a one barefoot man with a probably broken ankle, Eric Young tried to go for a post match attack with a chair and Rich Swan comes out for the save. And he has an equalizer of his own, and that's it. And he literally gets his hands on Eric Young for a little bit, but Eric Young, of course, he escapes uh, with the title. And that was the end of the show. As the show basically ended with, again, what they've been playing every Impact episode, it seems, that Eric young been yet into uh, Bound for Glory. A couple of other things to note is at one point, Myers called Dreamer a sad old man based on the result of mm-hmm. that match, which I thought that match was a little slow in, in my opinion. But again, they're saying neither man are the uh, same uh, since that point. And also, that uh, four-way was probably my favorite match. And, of course, it wasn't four. It was all eight-man guy at one point. Millie and Sue, Rep was down. Rep rejected all the outside men. And mm-hmm. this order was finally established. It was two men, legal at a time. And Jossie Alexander got the win in the end, pinning one half of the Motor City Machine Guns, Alex Shelley. I thought it was a really good match.
0: Oh, Impressive. So all in all, it seems that Victory Road was a pretty solid show after, after all. After all, with like moves of like impressive moments and especially matches that add uh, add in. That kind of like tad doesn't make sense. And also like how this will tie into this episode of Impact Wrestling, which we'll be recapping it all together. So all in all... I'm not going to be grading this altogether or give my thumbs up, thumbs down, because, like, I have not watched the show whatsoever. I know they're going to be doing more of the Impact Plus special. And, again, you guys, this is probably going to be something different. Like, I'll be bringing in someone who actually watched Impact Plus, like Noah Foster, for example, my dear buddy and Mm. my close friend of the wrestling world, y'all. All All right, y'all. So before we get into the recap from... This past episode of Impact Wrestling, we're going to be taking a quick commercial break and we're going to be hearing from Philip of Chicle TV.
1: Hey, what's going on, guys? Philip here. Look, there are so many channels out there on YouTube that do pranks and, and challenges and funny videos like That Just Happened TV, Nelk, and Love Live Serve. But why don't you look up Chicle TV? Yes, Chicle TV. C H I K L E TV. It is a channel I started with my buddy Vinny a couple years ago, and we've done wrestling finishes in the public, he's done eating challenges, we've done pranks to people. It's a whole lot of fun. You know, when you go to YouTube, it is the thumbnail with the guy blowing the bubble, it says Chiclay TV, right in the bubble. And look, you know, just sit down, relax, hop on YouTube, look up Chiclay TV, and... Ooh, a little bit of the bubbly. Crack open a little bit of the bubbly. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, Chiclay TV, like, share, subscribe. It is the freshest channel. On
0: All right, guys, and we are back. We had to take our drink break and our breathing break alight. So anyway, you guys, so let's go ahead and recap from last night or a couple days ago, episode Impact Wrestling on Tuesday, October sixth, 2020. And so far, I know there has been some technical issue on and off on the Impact Wrestling Twitch account. Where there was no commentary and then during the commercial break you have is Melissa Santos where her uh, there was a technical issue with her audio like being muted and so now they have to resolve it. It was so crazy all together. Like I did try to watch it on Twitch and I couldn't. Then I had to watch it on XTV but then my sister got home so I had to go back to my room and watch it on my PlayStation. It's a lot of crazy mess. So what are your thoughts on this technical issue?
1: I mean, uh, literally, it's like you, you're you watching Stardom because, again, there's no commentary. You're just... But anyway, as soon as commentary <laughs> comes back into play, uh, you know, it's not like you miss a lot. Sometimes i my own commentary. People have to call me a Marvonella when it comes to my passion for wrestling, so you take that as you will. Um, it was weird, but again, as far as commentary goes, bring in Matt Striker, and I'm glad they fixed the issues because there are some times where Josh Matthews and Madison Matt, mean, actually do add something to the match but then most of the time they just take a jab at each other mass and talks about how great she is. And I'm like,
0: yeah. Exactly. Yeah, because I know a lot of people are like still have mixed opinions about Josh Matthews being a commentator and that's all and that's you know their opinion and all that stuff. And but yeah. Alrighty. Yeah. So alright so let's go ahead and kick off for the opening match right here. You have a, like a rematch galore, which is the name of the episode. Simple rematch, of course. Because, like, this episode of Impact Wrestling is kind of like a rematch from Victory Road, Noah.
1: Yeah, it's an encore, basically. (laughs) Exactly.
0: So, you have a rematch between Tommy Dreamer versus Brian Myers. And I feel that this match was pretty solid. I mean, a lot of, like, you know, brawling into action outside. And then you have is Brian Myers pick up a candlestick trying to tease Tommy Dreamer to whack it, even though it's just a regular match. All I know, Tommy Dreamer got the candlestick, but then again, like it drops, whatnot, until Brian Myers kind of snapped and then he hit Tommy Dreamer with a candlestick so hard. Match ends in a DQ. So, Noah overall in this match, and compared to that in Victory Road, which match was better?
1: I got to go with uh, this one because they're trying to add a new dynamic. That actually is Tommy Dreamer's dynamic. He said who well, he's finding at Victory Road was a sad old man. He wanted the hardcore legend. He got a bit of that tonight with the Kendall stick after teasing it. But then he turns on Tommy Dreamer, uses it himself. I got to imagine Tommy Dreamer and Brian Myers are setting themselves up for a hardcore match. Maybe that will be some sort of exhibition at Bountiful glory. But this was okay because it moved the story and the robbery forward in a different way.
0: Definitely too. And we'll see, like, you know, how this match is going to turn out. Probably we're going to be seeing kind of like, you know, a kendo stick ma- type match. I hope it's not a pole match because pole matches is not my favorite <laughs> at all. And I feel like this is going to be setting up for what's going to happen at Bound for Glory in two weeks. Absolutely. Yeah. So it's like a lot of endless possibilities. So we're going to be not seeing the last out of the rivals between Myers and Tommy Dreamer all together. <laughs> anyway, guys. So let's go to move on. So we have a segment of the Russell House crew where Johnny Bravo is stressing about like, you know, the wedding is going to cost money. And out of nowhere, his best man, Fala Bach, you know where he can get the money. So he actually walked off. And then there's like a lot of like bickering going on between the Deaners and Johnny Swinger and Crazy Steve. And I know that one of the Deaners actually took shots fire to Johnny Swinger about you know, the fanning pack with the gimmick ta- table, which kind of like a shoot fire to independent wrestling because the gimmick tables is like, you know, they're selling merch, like before, yeah. during, and after intermission. So That's Noah, high sports. definitely. Mm-hmm. What are your overall thought on this segment?
1: I mean, every time I see a, re- a wedding segment, it reminds me of WrestleHouse. It's funny, it's humorous, it makes me wonder what sort of crazy madness is going to ensue. And we learn what ensued later, as all he wants to try right now is afford a fountain for fondue.
0: Definitely. So it it is gonna be a lot. We're gonna be seeing what's going on, so we're gonna get into that later on. And then next up you have is Rohit Rojou Open Challenge. And you thought it was for the X Division title, but he was playing mind games. Yeah, Rojou with the usual promo and then out comes Willie Mack. And I thought, Great, we're gonna be getting another rematch from Victory Road. But Roju was like, Hold up, hold on, you had your chance. You're not getting the rematch. I'm looking like for someone who is fresh face. And then out of nowhere, sirens and music oh. hits. Out comes Thick Mom Pump, Jordan Grace, accepting the challenge against Rohit Rojo. And honestly, thank freaking God, her feud against Tenille Dashwood is completely done. She can get the better opportunity. Even though she got the L from Tenil at victory row, which, thank God, it, it ends it. But now she gets a title opportunity, you know, what? And I'm happy about that. Which, I feel this was a very confusing match. And then Rojo taking his sweet time. And then Jordan Grace with the roll-up after a, dis- a referee distraction from Willie Mack and Rohit Rojo with the roll-up. And you thought that Jordan Grace is your new X-Division champion. Rojo was like, nope, nope, this is not for the title. No, this is just a regular match. And still, Rohit Raju is your new, still your X division champion. Noah, what are your thoughts of this mess altogether? Because I feel this is more of this this match is kind of like a hot mess.
1: I don't think it was a match. It was more of a segment. Because, again, it just yeah. set up Bound for Glory. Okay, first off, Willie Mac, great effort at Victory Road. Came up in defeat. Rohit's like you had your chance and went something new. Of all the people, I did not expect Jordan Grace. And then just the longest distraction way to get a simple roll-up with the slowest of getting prepared in the corner. And the fact that there's no commentary, I just hear Rocky's incredible, just hilarious commentary and bickering with the referee in my belt. I'll do whatever I want with this belt. And William Mack finally got the belt off him. Rookie tries to get the belt from the Mac. like, oh, okay, and then let's go, roll up. I probably had a new champion. Nope, because, again, the ref never held the towel up. So, uh, technically, it was not for the tires. Like, give me back my belt he's like, great match, you won, but you're not the champion, I still am. And then, of course, Scott Demore, he praises the man. He welcomes the fact <laughs> he gives opportunities. So now he's going to allow him to really give everybody the ultimate in opportunity, as I'm sure we're going to briefly through this, guys. I thought this was actually pretty funny. This wasn't a match. This was the setup for our Brown for Going X Division title match, which you and I thought the longest time was going to be ultimate Oh, action. yeah. Boy, it is not
0: that. Yeah. Like when Scott DeMore delivers a very motivational appraisal to Rohit Rojo, which it Scott DeMore did an amazing job doing this amazing motivational speaking. I was very blown away. He popped the question to Rojo. He's going to be defending the title against TJP, Trey Miguel, Willie Mack, Jordan Grays, and Chris Bay in a six. Way scramble match,
1: <laughs>
0: and honestly, it is gonna be cool. But I wish it would have been the Ultimate X match. I mean, I would like to see it like a different style, especially Jordan Grace, which happens to be Jordan Grace, the second ever knockout to compete at the the X division title match. Remember, Noah? That's
1: correct. Yes, yeah, because, because the, the previous one we all saw was last year's Bound for Glory. Oh yeah, the
0: ladder match. Yeah. Definitely. And we all know who's that knockout, even though you still have that picture of her in the, in the background.
1: Yeah. I haven't. Taken, well, you think what you will. I haven't taken it down yet. I'm waiting for my uh, Kenny Omega autograph.
0: Got it. Okay. Good to know. Good to know. Alright, so that way the bullet cast... Um, people who watch on a YouTube channel just want to make sure and whatnot, so
1: yeah. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Trust me. I'm well aware. Look, we talked about how yes. wrestling has really changed during this COVID and what it exposed, but also what it has grown. And I'm Bryant. well aware of uh yeah. that. And yeah. apparently her and Daga are supposed to be on a high sports thing if not already.
0: Yeah. Anyway, let's just move I don't on. Judge. Moving yeah, on. let's move on here. So yeah, so looking forward to this match altogether. And yeah. Anyway, so next up on the match you have is a rematch again from Victory Road, Triple XL versus the Rascal. I feel that this match is just triple XL trying to like beat the living holy hell out of the rascals. Pretty much and all you know, that even though like the rascal give it their all and at the end the rascal did the hot f- fire flame move and pick up the victory so Noah, question is to you again just prior to the previous match is this match better than the one at victory road or just this
1: it's just this i prefer the one more at victory road because it felt like that for a while that triple xl was going to win and the Rascals were fighting from under, and they got the win in a very uh, fought match. I And I really was impressed with Desmond's course cruise plasha for the win on Larry D. Who, might I add, was the same person that ate the fall here. Larry D now has been pinned by both Rascals, as Wentz off that movie said, pinned him clean. And this was much quicker, because I feel like, again, Triple XL were super frustrated. They can't get out of the blocks, it seems. So I don't know what they go at this point. But yeah, this was just why.
0: Yeah, exactly, like, why altogether, Anyway, so let's to kind of to move on. So you have the segment with Falabao. So after he confronted Hernandez for the money, of course, Hernandez did, you know, push him up, scared him off, And that's when Falabao walked away. But unbeknownst to him, while Hernandez was taking a shower in the locker room, Falabao kind of like sneakily took the roll of cash and then walked off. So this is going to be pretty interesting with the feud between Hernandez and also Falabao, especially if we tie into this whole wedding together, which we're going to get into that in the next moment about one of the matches i'll be mentioning and yeah so anyway what you have is jimmy jacobs interviewing the doctor to check in the update of rich swan how is he doing preparing and out of nowhere eric young came by and start attacking rich swan and beating the holy hell out of him and trying to re-injure his ankle your thoughts noah
1: uh, if he was 100%, now he's back to 80%. If that's the case, because yeah, I was praying that he was gonna like drop a weight on his ankle. And again, who could stop this maniac? You think you're safe? No, you're not. Coming out of nowhere in a mask, mm-hmm. exercising caution and safety for COVID-19. But yeah, he he basically just you know unleashed all pain and misery he could on uh, Rich Swan, saying, "This is my world. I tried to warn you. I tried to keep you out of this. Why are you doing this to yourself?" While well, love this one said so he's ready, yeah, we'll see what happens next week now. Good grief almighty. This man can't be stopped or controlled or apparently maintained.
0: Oh, totally, too. Like, I mean, just to get ready for the build-up for the main event match, I mean, we'll be seeing, like, how Rich is doing, especially for his health update, which is going to provide it next week altogether. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anyway, as so- far as
1: the money thing, if Hernandez finds out who it was, bah, good luck with your health.
0: Oh, indeed. And you're on. Yep. Indeed. All right, so let's move on. So next match you have is a tag match between Todd Vackeray and Rosemary versus Tasha Steele and Kira Hogan. Match ends in nine minutes, which is a perfectly paced time. And that match was pretty stellar, too. I mean, a lot of offensive action, a lot of, like, you know like brawling even though the commentary on Twitch was out again but like hearing both like teams like kind of smack talking against each other it was pretty hilarious to see at least and then you have it's like a backstage like Nevaeh and Havoc watching it on TV backstage WWE style which i like to call them WWE style like, <laughs> so yeah i no watch tv anymore exactly <laughs> So, yeah, I was very blown away with this match. And then at the end, you have Rosemary with the spear and then followed by her finisher, which I forgot the name of it. I know it's something about, you know, funerals or whatever, something like that. And Rosemary and Taya did pick up the victory. So I was really impressed with this match. Your thoughts, Noah?
1: Knockout division is where Impact Wrestling, I feel like, thrives the most every week under so many dynamics, especially Tad team. Bring the knockout tag tiles at Bound for Glory. Really good match. This kind of made me feel like it was a start on match without the commentary. I really enjoyed the trash-talking among the poor, as deals Garrett Hogan carry this street-like mentality. They're the baddest, you know... People in the ring, but Rosemary holds it all together, reminding Kara Hogan of her past, like, shut up or I'll send you back to the Undead I'm not going back there. I'm not going back there. And that was really playing in Kara Hogan's head throughout this match, too, especially when back in the ring with Rosemary. But hey, it wasn't Kara Hogan that hit the fall, it was Tasha Steele's Mm -hmm. really good Mm -hmm. match. And now Rosemary and and, uh, Ty Vagri have taken care of each other's problems, respectively. But it looks like now they gotta take on all of them next week, as you saw in the van Hammock watching on backstage. This is far from over.
0: Indeed. And then, like I mentioned it in the past, you know, I feel like with, like, the rivalry with those knockouts, we may be seeing a comeback of a particular tag team titles at Bound for Glory. As I've been Belgium for a while. I mean, I think this is, like, a perfect setup for, like, announcing, like, a like a couple days before Bound for Glory. Hey, we're going to put the title on the line. We're going to be re- reintroducing the knockout tag team titles. Mm-hmm. So, I think this is going to be a pretty interesting way, too, especially curiosity about Rosemary and Johnny Bravo's wedding altogether.
1: Which will be after Bound for by the way. As Johnny Bravo says, it's, like, a month away. So, I can only imagine what awaits us at Exactly.
0: Yeah. Anyway, so, we have this next match. Crazy Steve and Johnny Swinger versus the Um, Not much to say. This is, like, mostly a gimmick type of match. I mean, at the end, you have Deaner. I mean, Cody Deaner with a low blow on Johnny Swinger and then with the DDT to pick up the victory overall. Not much to say. Your thoughts?
1: I got nothing else to say. You summed up the match. The biggest thing I saw is a monkey can chug beer.
0: <laughs> exactly. And then silverware involved, too. So, yeah. Anyway, so we're going to be moving on. So we did talk about the replay of what happened to Deanna Perrazzo versus Susie's match afterwards. And then you have Kylie Ray being interviewed by G.M. Miller. And you could tell Kylie Ray was trying to. Keep her composure, but then deep down, she is so P.O. So much for what Deanna Prazo did to Susie. Up uh, And until Kimberly came by and she kind of like mocking her, kind of make fun of her. And I know she did jab Susie, calling her Sue. And then C, like Sue. And then you see out of nowhere, Kylie snapped and beat the holy hell out of Kimberly. And what she's done, you could tell this is like her expression, like, is this what I've done? Like, do are we gonna be seeing like an alter ego from Kylie Ray instead of being smiley Kyrie but something possessive or something? Like, what are your thoughts, Noah?
1: I've been saying it for a while. Kylie Ray is a future knockouts champion. But if she's gonna beat Diana Parazzo now, especially with the curator in her corner, most likely, and she's going in this alone, she needs to unleash more aggressive and a new side that Deon doesn't expect and I don't think she knows that she can do that until this moment after again like you said it was suddenly bubbling over as they did acknowledge she watched now twice watched her friend now have her arm broken twice Kimberly adding embers to the fire and Kylie Lake temporarily exploded but then snapped back into that conscious like I don't want to be like this I'm not like this oh my gosh what have I done I'm kind of curious as to uh, what this goes, and I hope so that she brings more of this towards Bound for Glory, because she's going to need all of this and more if she's going to beat Diana Parrazzo. But honestly, I'm not surprised. I fear that she had this deep in her. We've seen tease teases when her friend was being attacked previously, and Kylie Rae came out of with an aggressive attack against Diana Parrazzo, including kicking her in the face. This is just more of that Salt teasing of don't you think Kylie Rae is all smiles, friendly, and to be taken lightly. There's something in her; it's just a mask she can unleash. Kind of like Koda Bushi in his Mm -hmm. fluke state.
0: Yeah, and seeing like a different side of Kylie Rae altogether, especially like you know, she is a really good in ring competitor, but I feel like there is something more she can offer to, especially like a different side of her altogether. Too. So I'm very looking forward to what's going to happen. I know the match between her and Kimberly is gonna be taking place next week So we're gonna be seeing all this curiosity that's gonna take place together And also what's gonna be happening with Susie now that she's out with an injury, but we're gonna be seeing full-fledged So young who knows Anyway, so anyway moving on here. So you have is the negotiation between Heath and Scott Moore Fortunately, Heath Slater did not get signed to Impact because he demands more of what he can offer, and I know he did shoot some shit about WWE, and mentioning Monday Night Raw and Drew McIntyre altogether. Like, you thought that Heath Slater is going to get signed, but no. Scott Amore wants him to start from the beginning until he goes all the way up, and then he got upset and walked off. And of course, he's upset at Rhino and then walked off. What are your thoughts on this?
1: Well, so much for hashtag Heat for Impact. That just all blew up because, again, the man wanted more than what Impact was offering him. He figured that he was entitled to that based on the fact that he came from the land of Titans. But Scott Tamar's like, yeah, I remember that. I also remember you really making a lot while in catering and jobbing out. But, again, here, we feel that you can make it to this, but we want you to start at this. They couldn't reach an agreement. Scott Tamar tried to be patient and level with Keith. He refused to cooperate. Contract papers thrown in the air, and next thing you know, that's probably the last we'll see of uh, Heath Slater in uh, Impact Wrestling. It was a fun uh, cameo appearance uh, while it lasted. Definitely.
0: Definitely. I mean, it is a one-shot, because I know that, like, his cameo campaign did actually got trending on social media, and it got shared, too.
1: As I was so- also explain how Scott the more, basically, um, I brought you more viewership based on the fact I have been on Impact Wrestling. That's I deserve true. this. That's well, sad. not quite.
0: Exactly, you know. But we'll be seeing what's going to be happening. Is this the last time we're gonna be seeing Heath? Probably not. I mean come on now. I'm
1: sure Ronald's gonna find another way.
0: Exactly. Especially negotiating a new contract too. Alright, so let's move on here. So you have like a brief like segment with EC three. I know Moose was like looking for him through the gym and the parking lot nowhere to be found. The funeral, unfortunately, turns out E C three dropped this classic tna world heavyweight champion down down to a bridge to control the narrative what are your thoughts on it are we going to be seeing the old title back or is it finito
1: when i think of funeral i think of death when i think of death i think of destruction he didn't destroy it he simply discarded it there's no doubt in my mind right now that Moose is looking everywhere for that belt. From that screenshot alone, he'll find a bear to probably get it back. That belt is not gone. It is simply misplaced in some dark forest, thrown off a bridge, probably stuck in a tree. We're going to see that tile back, and probably we're going to see it destroyed once for all, bound for Goya. This is clearly saying up EC3 versus Moose. This narrative is far from over. Free Moose, free EC3, which way is this going? You tell me.
0: Oh, indeed. And speaking of narrative, you know, EC3 is actually going to be making his debut on Ring of Honor you know going against like everybody especially companies and corporates and whatnot. so yes continue on with the controlling of the narrative all together you know one thing to focus on Impact and then the next chapter all together with you know with Ring of Honor too so this is very exciting what's going to lead into with EC3 and Moose especially possibly for Bound for Glory Uh, but yeah anyway let's move on to the main event match you have is Motor City Machine Guns versus the team of Ace Austin and Mad Men Fulton. That was a pretty awesome event match. A lot of heavy hitting action, especially oof. MCMG trying to take down Mad Men Fulton, but with his size and his stature, man, that's got to be brutal, Noah. So- I mean, it was smart,
1: tagging both legs and then trying for a uh, double-team maneuver, which they did pull off at one point, but as far as the double suplex later on, it just didn't work. Exactly. And of course, chaos ensued, because again, it's a preview of Bound for Glory, as your boys, the North, yep. try to get involved, but the Good Brothers play the difference-makers. They control and isolate Madman Fulton, and Ace Austin, he is defeated by, uh, I believe, out Shelley, um, basically, uh, counter him. Correct. And then the other one hit Madman Fulton with a splash uh, for the win, so... Give the assist to the good brides there, but again, who really has the momentum going in the for glory? Nobody at this point. And by the way, I still think a lemonade card paper cut has to be so much dangerous. Oh yeah, and I a know. Card, paper cut. That spot just sucks. Yeah,
0: like when Ace Austin like kind of like sliced Ali Shelly between the fingers with that, <sighs> and then you have Madden Fulton has a like card getting ready to slice it, and then Ace Austin snake it in. Like, from his sweet... It's like, what in the hell is going on, you know?
1: Well, he calls himself the ace. You don't bet against an ace, although someone point. else would disagree, and I would also disagree with both those men because there's only one ace of pro wrestling, in my opinion. But regardless, yeah, it's a ta- it's an effective uh, maneuver. It just was not enough to get it done here, even with all the Damn. crazy rep distractions and other teams coming out. Because, again, all eight of these men, they're going to beat the holy daylights out of each other by McCoy the goal but right now motion machine guns
0: got the most momentum and the biggest target that's right and i feel like you know it is gonna be like one of those things that that these tag teams have to bring their a game because right now these tag teams are like the perfect example for representing impact wrestling even though we have other tag teams like ringo Scum, triple XL, the deaners the rascals so on so forth but i feel these these four tag teams along is actually making the name for themselves and impact especially drawing into a lot of the audiences alike i'm very excited what they're going to bring into the table for bamford glory especially who's going to be the champion or if motor city machine gun's going to retain a title too
1: and another thing to think about uh one segment again recapping uh victory road type thing ken Shamrock felt a little bit conscious about what he did whereas he felt that shouldn't have did that. And then Sammy, of course, tries to re him about social media. Ken not care about that. Exactly. But Ken then basically wonders what Sammy's game here. And Sammy's like, I want the old Ken Shamrock. Other people want to see that old Ken Shamrock. Where is the most dangerous mm-hmm. man? Next to you, you know, goes into that mode and then attacks somebody. Pure uh, Sammy's uh, designation. So, again, uh, we'll see what's going on here.
0: Exactly. A lot of uncertainty and unanswered questions happening, too. And all in all, I feel that with this episode of Impact Wrestling, this is kind of like a recap from Victory Road, like especially like matches that was on Victory Road. But then, you know, we have rematches that makes even more sense altogether, especially for people that does not tune into Victory Road, who doesn't have Impact Plus altogether.
1: Exactly.
0: Exactly. So next week on the match you have is a health update of Rich Swann. Then you have the Knockouts Triple. Threat match, not gas tag team triple threat match, which you have as team of Nevaeh and Havoc versus Tasha Steele and Kira Hogan versus Ka Taya Backery and Rosemary. Then you have as Kimberly versus Kylie Ray and Madman Fulton versus Luke Gallo. So that's gonna be a real hoss fight right here.
1: A big man, big man oh, fight. Yeah. Big man, big fight feel right
0: there. Alrighty. So let's go ahead and rate this week's episode of Impact Wrestling. Thumbs up. Thumbs down or thumbs middle,
1: Noah? Well, let's see. It was the fallout of Victory Road. A couple of these matches were literally Control-C, Control-V. Uh-huh. <laughs> but I did enjoy the tag team man mm-hmm. event. We're continuing to see where we might be going with Kylie Ray and what she might channel maybe some Sue young type stuff, mm-hmm. towards her uh, title match against uh, Dionne Perrazzo at found for Glory. The Dahit Rashid uh, Challenge I fought was a pretty hilarious segment. And everything else kind of just felt like a bit of filler, not even towards Brown for Glory, as, again, a good portion of the show was more so thinking about, how's the wedding going to outlook? So thinking about how I want to see how much more you progress and build towards Brown for Glory, But like you did to find out a match. I still enjoyed the show overall. I'm going to keep it fair because, again, it was, at this point, not really built. It felt like epilogue to a house show. I'm going to be fair again. I'm going to say one and a half. I didn't hate anything. I'm
0: going to have to agree with you as well. One and a half as well. I mean, you have, like, you know, questionable matches. The segment was a bit questionable, too. And I feel that, like, the only thing that's kind of, like, a downer was the whole X Division situation. Like, if it's a match, if it's a segment, it kind of, like, threw me away altogether. But, like, yeah. with the rest of the fallout of what's going on, like from Victory Road, especially leading up to a build up for Bamfit Gloria, I feel it was pretty really spot on perfect. The whole funeral situation was confusing. I don't consider us a funeral, it's just EC3 dropping the belt off the bridge. That's it. We're going to see it next week. Yeah. I guarantee
1: you, we're going to see that belt next week or Moose searching. For exactly.
0: It. And regarding with Jordan Grace, Thank freaking God her feud with Tineo Dashwood is finito. Thank God. I'm just saying, y'all. That way Tineo can move on to a next feud. Maybe against Alicia Edwards. Because I know Alicia Edwards is busy with the whole Russell House planning wedding type of BS. But I digress on it. But anyway. So with that being said, that is it for the episode of Into the Stratosphere. Noah, thank you so much for joining. And... I would love to bring you back again. I know we're going to doing like the predictions for Bound for Glory and also the recap as well. A lot going on. And yeah. So Noah, where can our listener follow you on social media? Uh,
1: This is actually a pleasure, Sydney. I have no problem doing this game you support you. And just trust me, ladies and gentlemen, my Canal Mega High Spots autograph that I got during live should be here soon. You won't see that picture again. <laughs> oh, wait. This is opposite mirror. You get the idea. <laughs> uh anyway uh if you want to know more about me and follow me know this i'm just a simple man and a lifelong fan of dot 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 wrestling, wrestling. you can find me on instagram on playstation on twitter at n foster 1916 the simple youtube channel is youtube.com forward slash c forward slash no positive 210 for all things wrestling and twitch name and foster stay tuned for more crash bandicoot gameplay this weekend and fall guys we'll see if i get the crown or i fail and as always People just support wrestling outlets big and small and let's keep going it's incredible, diverse, unique, elite, authentic, unscripted, unrestricted wrestling community together. Simple as that. Cindy, this is an absolute blast. Thank you.
0: You're welcome, Noah. And also, you guys can follow me on Twitter, on Instagram, and on my YouTube channel at simply underscore C underscore OK. That's S-I-M-P-L-Y underscore C underscore OK. And make sure to follow the Bullet Cast on social media on Twitter Instagram, Facebook, and subscribe to this YouTube channel at The Bulletcast. I make sure to follow any other podcasting platform, whether it's on Anchor FM, Google Play, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and wherever you guys can find. And also wanted to throw in, follow nodq.com. That's where me and Noah are actually are pretty part of like kind of like a team, like a street team type of deal, but also a contributor to... Um, follow on Facebook, Instagram, and on Twitter at nodqdotcom. Subscribe to the YouTube channel at AaronRiffNoDQ, and also follow NoDQ.com, the website for all the wrestling news and all that stuff. Anyway, guys, with that being said, just please remember to wash your hands 20 to 30 seconds. Please practice social distancing. Wear a face mask or any type of face covering. No excuses, please, all right? And just remember to please be kind to one another. We're all in this together. Until then, I'll see you on the next episode of Into the Stratosphere. Cheers, y'all.
1: Have a good night, folks.
0: This has been the Bullet Cast. Thank you for listening.